0: Blob Talk Radio. Log Talk Radio. Who is January Jones? She is not a young, beautiful, talented actress on Mad Men. She is not an older, gorgeous, exotic dancer from The Johnny Carson Show. She is an author, and she wrote thou shall not wine the 11th commandment that reached number one at amazon.com she is a reality tv golf personality with world high stakes golf televised on hd net she is a humorist and winologist expert she is your featured host today on january jones sharing success stories so sit back relax and get ready to laugh and listen to Ms. Jones with her eclectic roster of guests as you learn life's lessons. These stories plus sharing equals success. Welcome, and remember, beware, because you are entering the no-whining world of January Jones.
1: Now let me ask you a question. Have you ever met someone who has had amnesia, or have you ever had it happen to you? You know, I had it happen to me this year for the first time, and I'll tell you, it was a very, very scary experience for me and my family. Would you like to learn more about total amnesia versus visual amnesia? have you ever wanted to know about the white light you know you hear about people who have died and they see the white light and they return to tell us about it can you imagine experience an NDE that's a near-death experience tell me do you know how to manage your medicals medicals isn't that a great term Have you ever heard about a book called Unlikely Memories and Two Amnesias? Or better yet, would you like to meet someone who has some of the answers that we're looking for today? Now are you ready to learn how to be successful, how to deal with amnesia, and more about the white light? If you can answer yes or maybe to any of these questions, then you are in the right place, and I would like to welcome you to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Today I will be introducing you to my guest. She is a success coach extraordinaire, and she will provide us with wonderful information and inspirational lessons and some really, really great advice. I am pleased to announce that this show is now live on Talk4Media and syndicated on iHeart radio talk, and blog talk radio. We are archived 24-7 for your listening pleasure. Also, LinkedIn announced that my profile was one of the top 5% most viewed last year. Now, let me tell you about my guest today. My guest is a camera without film. She is a woman without a history, In her memoir, Unlikely Memories and Two Amnesias, she shares her continuing struggles and triumphs with two unrelated forms of amnesia, complete and total amnesia, and then visual amnesia. These short stories are set against an inspirational background of travel, dating, cooking, teaching, and remembering who she is it's my pleasure to welcome to the show today Holly Winter hi Holly how are you hello I'm good thank you I'm so happy to have you on the show and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself tell us about your early success stories and who your first mentors were
2: I would have to say that my first mentors were my family. Uh, my family has been very important, as you can imagine, when you've had a number of medical mm-hmm. um, problems in your life that your family really steps in to help. So my family has really been there for me. I have an uncle who's really worked hard to understand, and everyone's just always trying to boost me up. Oh, that's
1: terrific. That's terrific. Now, you have renamed your medical issues or medical problems. You call them medicals, and I love that term. Uh, Quite frankly, I've never heard it before, and it refers to not issues but problems. How many medicals do you yourself have right now?
2: You know, I have probably top four. I have five, but I have top four that I would talk about today. I don't look at medical problems anymore as problems or as issues. They're who uh-huh. I am, they're the way I live, and they're what I've been given.
1: Uh-huh. So
2: um, it's really important. I work with children who are chronically ill also. I'm a teacher. And I really stress to the kids, this is who you are, this is your life, It's your medical. Other mm-hmm. people might see you as a problem, but we don't have to. Um, yeah. And I
1: have,
2: so I have complete and total amnesia. That happened uh-huh. when I was 18 years old. I got an early dose of a date rape drug that took more than one night away. It took my first 18 years. Wow. Um, yeah. And, and then this, a couple years later, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: And this uh, total amnesia was uh, drug related? Correct. Okay.
2: Yeah, it was a psychotropic drug um, when I was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like 1980s and it was not uh, indigenous to the United States. And all they know is that this drug erased everything. I started over. I had to learn language. I had to learn how to walk and talk and use the bathroom. I lost absolutely everything.
1: Wow. And how long did it take you to get your life back again?
2: I'd say a couple of years. Again, I just have such a smart mom and a smart family that they decided to get me right back to college. I couldn't read yet. I couldn't Uh write yet, but they put me in a photography class. And um, Uh so they really worked to try to keep me in the mainstream. Like I had never seen a dog before. Um, I had never seen an insect before. The world was completely brand new. So it took a long time.
1: I've never heard of anything like that. Now you call that total amnesia. And then what's the difference between total amnesia and visual amnesia?
2: So some years later, when I was 24, I was in a car accident, and uh-huh. um, my heart stopped. And there was some damage done to a part of my brain that has to do with vision and memory. So I have visual amnesia, which means I cannot remember what anything looks like. I can oh. see it, uh-huh. but the moment I look away, I cannot recall what it looks like.
1: And this uh, continues to this day? Absolutely.
2: Wow. To this day, I, um, to get home, I use my GPS, or I have to pay very close attention to the names of streets. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I know when I'm at my house, I haven't memorized what it looks like, but I drive by it often. Oh, wow. So, wow. Yeah, I don't know what my mom looks like. I don't know what my friends look like. I don't know what my car looks like. I, I'm right now talking to you from my dining room. I don't uh-huh. know what my office upstairs looks like if I'm not standing in it looking directly at it.
1: Okay, now, if your mom would walk in the room and you would see her, would you know who she is?
2: If I was at my mom 's house uh-huh. and she walked in from another room, I know I 'm at her house, so I would know that was her. If I were in the grocery store and my mom walked by, I would not know that's her at all.
1: Wow, so you have to be and in she cer- knows that you have to be in certain surroundings. This must be very difficult to have personal relationships with these issues, dealing with these issues all the time. How does that work out for you?
2: You know, it can be difficult, but it's one of those good reminders that I need to have very good, kind people surrounding me at all times. (laughs) Yeah. So if I'm going to go do something at night, friends will say, do you want us to pick you up? Or Uh we'll meet outside or we'll talk first to coordinate. So, yeah, I have really good people around me.
1: Now, do you have a support group, people that uh, you can work with who have had this same experience?
2: Yeah, that's actually a really good question. Um, The doctors say that I am the only known case of visual amnesia. They don't know of any other cases. There is some on the books that came about from um, people with extensive brain damage Uh from other things, but they've just never heard of it. So, no, I am a support group of one.
3: Wow. I have
2: something that I call my medical cousins. And my medical cousins would be people who have something called face blindness or protopagnosia. Uh-huh. People with sort of, uh, protopagnosia, they have trouble recognizing faces and people. They'll see a blur with a person. Uh-huh. Um, I can see faces. I just can't remember what they look like. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, when I saw your uh, profile, I was very anxious to have you on the show because um, I myself, this year, I'm in my 70s now, and I experienced uh, a, a thing called transglobal amnesia. Um, I woke up one day and couldn't remember anything. I couldn't remember wow. my children, my husband, I couldn't even remember my dog's name, And I was uh, helicoptered to Mayo Clinic, and they did a brain scan. Fortunately, after about six to eight hours, my memory came back completely. Uh, They had said they had never seen this. So ever since I had this episode of uh, TGA, Transglobal Amnesia, I've been very, very interested in this topic um, and interested in how people who – have it ongoing, how it affects your life. And I think you're sharing with us um, this experience and that you're a support group of one. That must get very lonely.
2: (laughs) You know, I am a special education teacher um, Mm -hmm. as well as a writer. And as a special education teacher, one of the things I teach students and I remind myself constantly that we need to lean on our strengths. Uh Uh-huh. So my job is to go, you know what, I'm really good at making cookies. I'm really good <laughs> at listening. I'm a good friend. I love to travel. Like, I have to remember the things that I'm good at uh-huh. um, because if you wanted me, you know, challenge me to an arm wrestle of remembering what things look like, I would lose. Or if okay. you wanted to talk about my childhood, I can't. Right. So, yeah, okay. sometimes I can spiral down. I can, but I just stop and I go, wait, let's look at what I can do.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, you were now in a car accident, and that's what uh, created the visual amnesia. Uh, What kind of an accident were you in, and how long ago was that?
2: So that accident happened um, about 24 years ago.
1: Okay. So I've had a
2: long time to get used to the visual amnesia. Um, Uh It happened about 24 years ago, and it was... um, a car was turning, another car hit that car from behind, and so it was a three-car crash. I was going uh-huh. 55 miles an hour, the speed limit. Yeah. Um, all of us lived, I had the most damage. I had a broken sternum, and it took a long time to figure out what else was going on mm-hmm. because I had chronic pain, and I had. Um, it ends up I also got epilepsy from that car accident. Okay. I have an unusual kind of seizure, so I have visual uh, seizures. Uh-huh. Or visual hallucinations are called. So um, it took a, that was masking the uh, visual amnesia. So it took a while to kind of figure everything out. It took them five years to be able to diagnose My me gosh. with a visual amnesia.
1: My gosh, I can believe. Oh, that's amazing. Now your heart stopped after the accident, and so technically you died. And uh, you talk about experiencing the white uh, light, and tell us about what that was like.
2: So, imagine the car accident, the pain, like I had that moment of pain, of horror, of terror. When you're in an accident, your eyes are open. My eyes were open. I didn't think I'd hit the car because, honestly, I'd never hit a car before.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
2: mm-hmm. to go from total peace to total chaos and pain and then it all went away. It was just gone. It oh, was my gosh. It was an amazing gift. So, I went from chaos and fear and my mind just imploding uh-huh. to relaxing, happy, Um, I felt like I was part of everything, there was that white light, I didn't hear voices, I know sometimes people do, I didn't see any people, Mm
3: -hmm. it was Mm
2: -hmm. a very amazing experience, something very um, positive and I felt so lucky to have had it and to have felt it.
1: Well, I want to talk more about it after we take a break and hear from our sponsors. You know, this uh, near-death experience in white life is becoming a very uh, interesting topic. For the first time, people are now being open about it and talking about it and sharing it with us. And we'll be right back with Holly Winter, who is going to share more about her white light experience.
0: Pam Evans has been married and divorced four times and lived to tell the tale with honesty, humor, and a heartfelt message. Check out Pam's first book, Ring Exchange, Adventures of a Multiple Marrier, where she shares her hard-won lessons about behavior, emotions, relationships, and her marriage partner choices. Learn more about Pam's road less traveled and how she anticipates every day with joy and a sense of gratitude visit Pam's website at www.ring-exchange.com. Her book is available on Amazon.com, too. Everyone deserves a happy life. Life is supposed to be fun. Your life is supposed to feel good, and you're meant to feel happiness in your life and to satisfy your dreams. And you can, because the only reason anyone wants anything or does anything is that they think they will feel better in the having of it or the doing of it they think they will feel better in the experiencing of it coming soon a website where you can learn more on how you can have the life you deserve at a feelgoodworld.com
1: welcome back with my amazing guest Holly Winter and she's the author of a remarkable book called unlikely memories and two amnesia's Holly before we took the break we were talking about that you're, you had a car a horrific car accident your heart stopped and you were clinically dead and then you experienced the white light where you went from chaos and fear to a pain-free, zero fear of death. Does that experience stay with you to this day?
2: Oh, absolutely. In fact, for years after that experience, I just wanted to die. And it's hard to even admit that because I love my life, but it was such a good feeling. I wanted to get back there. Mm
3: -hmm. And...
2: um, I finally sat down with a the therapist, and he's like, maybe you're supposed to be alive right now. He's <laughs> <was> like, okay. <laughs> maybe you're right. <laughs> uh, wow. because, but I can tell you I have zero fear of death. There is yeah. no fear. I am not in the least bit concerned. It is uh, an amazing feeling of connection and belonging and in the right place, and it's a flow that I, it's an amazing feeling.
1: What an amazing gift that you've been given, and it's wonderful that you've been able to share that through your writing and meditation. Um, And you have this connection to the other side, but yet you're back here and sharing this story. How do most people react when they hear your story?
2: You know, it's funny, when I um, when I wrote the first draft of my book, I had the white light experience in it, and I could uh-huh. not get an editor to edit the book, so <laughs> okay. I actually took it out, yeah. <laughs> I actually did not write it in my book. They wouldn't take it. It was too upsetting to them. They didn't know how to handle it, and I was like, okay, maybe the world isn't ready. So uh-huh. I'm so excited to know that you are willing to talk about it. Not all of my friends, it's not something I tell everybody, you know, uh-huh. I don't... um it's sort of one of the, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. And like you say, the world is opening up, but it's one of those things. that's such a private, amazing memory.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm
2: happy to talk to anyone who understands. I know I dated a cardiologist some years ago and I asked him what he thought about uh-huh. uh, the near-death experience. And he said, oh, it's just chemicals. Uh-huh. And I went, you haven't been there. <laughs> I have been there and it is wonderful. And he went, yeah, maybe you're right. I don't know.
1: Well, you know, it is something that people have to experience, and once they experience it, it changes their life and their outlook. As a matter of fact, we're putting together another book this year. Um, My first book was Priceless Personalities, Success Stories, shared by January Jones. And this next book is going to be uh, Priceless Personalities, White Light near-death shared stories so we will hope to be able to include your story in the book and i agree with you um it's amazing that now that people feel they can talk about it more and more people are bringing this topic to the forefront every day don't you agree
2: i do agree i agree and i i'm so glad you're doing that book i think that's a great great book to put out there you have very good ideas for books my dear <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, thank you. We will keep you yeah, posted. I I hope so. You know, when it's something that if one person goes through it, yeah, maybe, but so many people, as you say, have gone through it, just like amnesia. Like you've just told your amnesia story. I cannot mm-hmm. tell you how many people walk up to me and say, I mm-hmm. actually had amnesia, but I've never told anyone.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you know, you, you after you go public with it, it's you're right. It's more and more people share their stories because it's kind of a strange story to share. A lot of people can hardly believe it. Also, it kind of leaves you uh, frightened. After my experience, you know, you worry about it happening again when you don't expect it. Uh, so far, I've been lucky on that one. You know, let's talk a little bit Uh, how you manage your medicals, because now you have four issues that you deal with. And I know some days are tough, but some must be even tougher. And uh, you have to have a plan here. What do you do?
2: So... for each of my medicals, you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. I do have a plan. For celiac, you know, I, I cannot eat any gluten, and I'm, very, I'm not one of those people who said, oh, I'll just take a little gluten out. I uh-huh. cannot. I have an autoimmune reaction to celiac. That changes an adult. I carry protein bars with me all the time. Mm-hmm. Before I go to a restaurant, I call to see if they can accommodate me. If not, I see if I can go to a different restaurant. There's a lot of choices. Uh-huh. Um, with no. my...
1: Now, uh, going back to the celiac, did you always have that? Did you have this as a child, and how did you discover that you had it?
2: My mom remembers as a child I got stomach aches a lot and that I didn't like pizza or sandwiches, which other people tend to like. Yeah. Um, it was adult onset that um, didn't follow the course that they expected it to call, follow. You know, I just had symptoms that made no sense to the doctors, so it took uh-huh. them a while um, but boy, it changed my life and I figured it out. It really did.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, I, I know this is a very hard to diagnose. I have a friend who went through many years uh, dealing with this before they finally realized that she had to go on a special diet. Like most things, this is also becoming uh, more public and people are talking about it. I think this is a good thing to share with families who have children who are dealing with this problem and uh, people don't realize what, what's at hand. Don't you agree?
2: I agree. I agree, and I actually mentor quite a few people who become celiac, and I point them toward brands that I think they'll like and stores that are more helpful. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I, I, yeah, I think it's not a cure all for everything, mm-hmm. but man, if that's your issue and you can just change your diet and feel healthy, I consider that pretty lucky for myself.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a simple solution, but it's difficult to discover. Now, let's talk about your heart, and uh, you have a heart monitor in you?
2: So, no, I have something called supraventricular tachycardia, which is where my my heart will beat off rhythm, and it'll beat really fast. So I could be sitting in a chair, and it could go up to 180 beats just sitting in a chair. Uh which is kind of like jogging. I'm like, hey, do I get the benefits of jogging while I'm sitting still? That would be awesome. Um, (laughs) I did have, I had surgery and they fixed it. So I I just have to be careful. If I get too tired or too run down, if I get dehydrated, the heart Mm -hmm. can start its business. So, Mm -hmm. again, that's part of my plan to make sure that I am just staying healthy.
1: Now, did you have this condition before the car accident, or was this something car related to the accident?
2: That was also related to the car accident.
1: Okay, okay. And um, the other thing that you're dealing with, of course, is the amnesia. Um, talk about what it's like living with that a little more, please.
2: So, the complete and total amnesia, where I lost the first 18 years of my life, um, uh-huh. It's, it's not hard to live day-to-day day with that unless someone says, what was your favorite candy when you were a kid? Or
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. do you
2: remember the first time you rode a bike?
0: Uh-huh.
2: Um, I was with friends yesterday, and the friend said, I remember reading this book as a kid. And I'm like, really? You remember? Mm-hmm. That's amazing to me to be able to remember. Um, I do have three memories that came out, and I do write about this in my book. Um, I did get three memories back. I went to a brain center, and they did a bunch of brain stimulation. um, Uh But that's it. Three.
1: Share with Um, us those three memories, if you could.
2: I'd love to. I would love to. So one of the two of the memories are about a younger brother. I have Mm -hmm. no idea how he made it. He bubbled out, but he did. (laughs) One is an auditory memory, and it's him saying, he's wearing a vest, and he's saying, this is my best vest in the West. <laughs> I know that may not sound very exciting to anyone else. I called my mom, and my mom said, oh, my gosh, your brother, when he was four years old, he had this vest, and he wouldn't take it off. Uh-huh. And he called it his best vest in the West. So oh, how cute. I can't tell you how exciting that was, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And then about
2: two weeks later, I mm-hmm. had another memory of my brother, and he was standing in a little building, watching trucks build a road. Now, I had no idea what that meant. So like, called uh-huh. my mother, uh-huh. my, my mother, my memory. And I uh-huh. said, Mom. And she went, oh, you don't know this, but there used to be a little treehouse next to our house, and your brother loved to climb the treehouse, and they built these roads. And I went, uh-huh. the roads weren't always there? I, uh-huh. yeah, I thought the roads were always there. I didn't know. Uh-huh. So, again, just a little bit uh-huh. more, another little piece fit in. Mm-hmm. The third memory is my favorite because it's a memory about me. And a lot of people question amnesia. They say things like, can't you just do hypnosis? Uh-huh. Only in the movies, I'm afraid. <laughs> hypnosis <laughs> really, yeah, it doesn't work in real life. I, I tried. I did try. Um, it doesn't work. This memory as of me riding my bike, I'm about uh-huh. eight years old, and uh-huh. I have one hand off the handlebars. Okay. And that memory is not only a visual memory, but it's a feeling memory. I have the feeling of freedom, that, that mm-hmm. you know, feeling when you're a kid riding your bike. So those are my memories of my childhood. That- That's all I have for the first 18 years.
1: Well, that's wonderful uh, that you have those. And uh, it's so great that you have your mother there to validate them for you. We're going to take a break and hear from our sponsors. And when we come back with Holly Winter, she's going to share her website information and tell you how you can get her fascinating book. And also we're going to talk about dealing with visual amnesia and uh, dealing with epilepsy and how sleep and eating healthy would help this uh... help you deal with this disease we'll be right back with holly winter
0: nicholas hazel is a senior member of the association of applied and therapeutic humor and author of laughter the drug of choice scientific research is discovering that our bodies only hurt when we don't laugh for anyone interested in a laugh out loud collection of medical terms and poetical music often at the expense of health professionals love and life Laughter, the drug of choice, is just what the doctor ordered. Do you want to learn how to live into your dreams? One Door Closes, Overcoming Adversity by Following Your Dreams, the new book by Tom Gracia and Jared Kredimski captures the thought-provoking stories of 16 people from all walks of life who have triumphed over adversity to achieve their goals. Plus, you'll get 10 self-assessment tools to design your own blueprint for success. Unlock your true potential. Fulfill your dreams. Be inspired. One Door Closes is available from Amazon.com.
1: Both Nick's book and Tom's book are fantastic books that I highly recommend. They would make great gifts um, if you're looking for something special to give someone as Valentine's Day approaches. We're back with uh, Holly Winter, and we're talking about her uh, priceless book, Unlikely Memories. Holly, let's talk about uh, how helpful it is with having friends who are there to help you get through and deal with your visual amnesia.
2: So, because I can get lost very easily, Mm -hmm. um, I can um, really lose my way, unbelievably. Having people around helps all the time. This past weekend, I went out with friends, and I didn't know where the bathroom was. And a friend Mm -hmm. could say, you're going to go down this hall, you're going to turn left, you're going to turn left. You know, like, they know how to give me directions. They know how Mm -hmm. to help. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't. Spend time with people who tease me or hide on me. Uh-huh. Um, if my <laughs> yeah. friend walked up and I wasn't expecting her, I would not know it was her. Okay. So people you know, might want to be a fly on the wall next to me. I don't spend a lot of time with that kind of person, or I try not to. There are stories in my book of um, going out with a group of friends, and I went to the restroom, and I came back, and they completely disguised themselves. Oh dear, um, dear. <laughs> yeah, so I couldn't, I couldn't find them, and a waiter helped me figure it out that oh, I did not want to be friends with these people anymore. Enough. No, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know that would be an awful experience. Holly, could you share with my listeners your website information and tell them how they can get your book?
2: Absolutely, um, HollyWinter.com. All you have to know, H-O-L-L-Y. Um, Hollywinter.com, you can buy the book. You can uh, find my Twitter, uh, connect to Twitter there. Um, And the easiest place to buy my book is Amazon. So you go to Amazon, you type in unlikely memories and two amnesias, Winter, and you'll go right to the book. It's also on Kindle and Nook. It's on every e-format. I also have a version of the book for teenagers. I find teenagers are incredibly interested Uh in amnesia. So I um, made two different versions. So if you go to my website, you can see there are two versions. Oh, that's
1: terrific. That's wonderful. Now, let's talk about you also have to manage your epilepsy. Now, did the epilepsy, was that generated by this car accident also?
2: It was. Uh So I'm very lucky. Um, I have epilepsy, and I have gone through significant nutritional counseling. I have done everything possible to get my epilepsy as small as it could possibly go. Mm -hmm. For the last year and a half, I've been off medicine, which is pretty exciting. I know every month I could end up back on. I could end up back on. But I have found what works for me. I cannot get too tired. I cannot get too hungry. Mm -hmm. I cannot get too stressed. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to really, if I, if I get seriously tired, I go take a nap. I absolutely take care of my body. Mm-hmm. And the number one thing that's helped with my epilepsy, I went in um, for an epilepsy monitoring where they hook you up to wires uh-huh. and they watch your seizures in another room. It's okay. a crazy experience.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> um, I can imagine.
2: <laughs> you want a good time. People watching your brain waves for fun. Um, yeah. And it was a very stressful environment. At the time, the monitoring unit had four beds, so people would come into the beds. They'd have seizures, and it was a difficult situation to uh-huh. relax. I would meditate. Okay. I did not know that by meditating, I was cutting down my, um, my seizure levels.
0: Mm-hmm. They, have it on,
2: they have it on record, and so they actually gave me a copy. It's one of my most valuable knowledge bases for my medical is that they gave me a copy. They showed that when I started meditating on this one day, my brain waves were huge. I was upset. I was uh-huh. stressed. And within a minute, they're all evened out and calm just from oh meditating.
1: Yeah. Now, who taught you to meditate or did you teach yourself?
2: You know, I have been part of a meditation group here in, in Denver for some years. Mm-hmm. Just, I knew it was supposed to be good. As you can see, I have several issues with my brain. Um, You know, between the amnesia and the epilepsy, like I have brain stuff going on. I just have that. And so um, I've done a lot of research and, you know, eating right really does matter. Hydrating really matters. Meditation, every single study shows that it helps your brain. So I decided that was essential learning for me.
1: Yeah, thank you for sharing that. This is something that so many people listening who are dealing with brain issues, uh, they need to listen to this because there is a, the remedy that you can actually help yourself, and Holly has proven it medically. Now, how do you stay so positive? Because you are very positive, and what happens when you have those down days? Do you meditate, or how do you pull yourself up?
2: So I have a number of tools that I use. Um, I journal Mm -hmm. to get my feelings out. I get outside into nature. I um, maybe eat a treat because, you know, when you're feeling down, you don't even want your favorite food, right? I might eat a treat. I might call a friend or my mom. I have all different tools. Meditation is definitely a tool. I might listen to music I like. I have a number of tools. And I've learned more and more that it is important that I'm feeling positive, Mm-hmm. I have to remember the things that work in my body.
1: Okay, now twenty percent of our population is disabled, ten percent very very disabled. Um, what what are your thoughts on this group of our population and what can we do to help them?
2: That's a really good question. So believe it or not, our largest minority in our country is mm-hmm. people with disabilities, and it's really? the largest growing. It's the fastest growing minority as well. So I didn't, I was not born disabled. I became disabled as, you know, as a young person. Mm -hmm. And so it's important that we all realize that every day more and more people become disabled. Our American with Disability Act is very strong and very good, but it's constantly up. Many people have the idea that if you're disabled, you don't want to work
3: Mm -hmm. or you don't
2: care about being careful. People who have disabilities are everywhere, every walk of life, every occupation. I think every one of us knows someone who has some kind of a disability, whatever it is. It's true. It's very true. So I I really believe that my book um, helps people. It helps lift them up and make them realize, you know what, it's okay to talk about it or not talk about it. It depends on who you're with. Mm -hmm. It's okay to ask for help or not ask for help. It depends on who you're with. I think it's really important that we understand that There are many people. So if we're saying two out of every ten people are disabled and then one out of every ten people is seriously disabled, that's Mm -hmm. a lot of people.
1: It sure is. Yeah. This is so wonderful that you can bring this to the forefront. You know, I love uh, looking at the content page of your book because you have this very eclectic, very original, (laughs) the book that you've created. And you have the chapters, one chapter on life, one chapter on dating, medicals, uh, amnesia, medicals, visual, songs. You have a chapter on songs. You have a chapter on work, which is uh, your teaching, which I can't wait to read all of that. You have a chapter on work. And uh, work as a flight attendant. Now, I was a flight attendant many, many years ago. Were you a flight
2: attendant?
1: Right. Were you a flight attendant? Oh yes,
2: I was, oh, I was really? a flight attendant for JetBlue Airlines. Okay. I loved it. I loved it. Yes, I have two stories about um, flight attending in there. Uh-huh. Two okay. one about serving and you probably remember. Uh-huh. I, I you know how difficult passengers can be at times. Sure. So one is about trying to serve coffee. To a passenger who was just being more difficult than you can imagine, uh-huh. and 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 how funny that was. You know, it's the middle of the night. What else am I going to do? But I keep making coffee for this guy.
1: Okay. So,
2: um, no, were
1: you were you a flight attendant before your accident?
2: No, I wasn't. After I um after yes. So before I had taught for two years, my first two years of teaching. Um, then I had the car accident. Then I continued teaching. Um, I just decided to take a break for teaching. I loved my job. I loved the community where I was working. Mm-hmm. But I could, at the time, I was able to sell my house and live for two years without working. Okay. <laughs> Which just seemed like a great, I, I really wanted to write.
3: Uh-huh. And a
2: friend suggested I try to become a flight attendant because the schedule is so open. I worked five days on, five days off.
1: Right, right. So I had
2: time to travel. I love to travel. Travel is the one time my visual amnesia doesn't, hold me down. I'm not expected to recognize anywhere I go.
1: It's all new. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. You know, we're going to take a break and hear from... uh my sponsors and hear about your host and when we come back with holly winter we're going to have a little more conversation about being a flight attendant uh she and i share that experience and we also share uh amnesia mine in a minor way compared to hers and then when we come back we're also going to talk about what success means to holly if she has any regrets or advice for you we'll be right back
4: second time around can be better Second-timers try harder. Looking to have a rewarding second marriage? Any marriage. Read Successful Second Marriages by Patricia Bubash. She interviews a variety of couples that have succeeded in their second attempt. Each story reflects that the second marriages can be tough going, yet be the best of the best. Learn from these couples who share their intimate stories, how they struggled with difficulty and have thrived. Stories such as, Our Kids Drove Us Apart?, we separated five times in four years. Four months into our marriage, my 85-year-old father-in-law came to live with us. One year into our marriage, I was diagnosed legally blind. Death of my eldest child brought grief, depression into our new marriage. Successful Second Marriages is encouraging, hopeful, inspiring. Available on Amazon.com in book form and ebook. Read Pat's musings at www. SuccessfulSecondMarriages.com Have you ever met someone who was unforgettable?
1: Someone who has touched your heart and soul? People who have faced difficult problems. People who have fearlessly shared their stories, their struggles, and their successes. People who have priceless personalities. In my new book, Priceless Personalities, Success Stories Shared by January Jones, I am honored to be able to share with you people dealing with problems such as incest, molestation, child abuse, drug abuse, polygamy, unemployment, scandal, starting over, self-esteem, and workplace issues. My guests have all been exciting, eclectic, and energizing. They will amaze, amuse, and even astonish you. You will adore getting to meet them at Amazon.com. My book is now available, two for one, paperback and Kindle editions. Are they all there now? Welcome back with uh, a priceless personality that we're interviewing today on the show, Holly Winter. Now, Holly uh, shared with us that she is a writer, and she also was a flight attendant. Was it hard for you to get hired as a flight attendant with all of your medicals?
2: You know, one of the things I like about the ADA is they're not to ask you about the medicals. So I did not disclose any of them. And really, if you look at it, um, at the time, my I was on medicine for my epilepsy. That wasn't a concern. Mm -hmm. Um, My heart problems hadn't hadn't bubbled up at that point. Mm -hmm. My past, my childhood, certainly wouldn't come into question as a flight attendant. Right. And for the visual amnesia, It was a perfect job for me because it was the man in 12B who wanted coffee or the person Uh who sat, you know, in 25A. So I was able to just memorize. So they did not show problems at all. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. And how long did you fly for, Holly?
2: You know, I flew for um, a year, just a year, and then my seizures got such that it was time to stop. And Mm -hmm. I was really sad to stop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I said, who did you fly for?
1: Well, I flew ancient history uh, on the East Coast for (laughs) for Eastern Airlines, but we're an airline family. My husband's a retired airline captain, and two of my daughters were flight attendants, and another daughter's a pilot, so we are all flying all the time whenever we can. Um, You know, let's talk a little bit about your writing career, because I'm looking at the contents in your book, and each one of these chapters, I could actually have you back for a whole show on each chapter,
2: how long <laughs> did it you.
1: take you to write your book?
2: It took several years. This writing has been, um, it's shown up in various places. I've sold some online, I've, I've sold some in newspaper and print, and so mm-hmm. it was finally time to collect it all together. It's taken a couple of years to get it all pulled together. Okay. There were some, uh, several New York publishers who were interested in publishing it, but it got... So difficult writing and rewriting and what they wanted and then they would change their minds when you were done and you probably heard that from other people I just oh, said, sure. you know I I'm gonna do it my way
1: well I think that's wonderful and you know this is a great advice and encouragement for anyone out there listening to us because there uh, there are so many things now available that makes this writing process quite possible. All you need to do is sit down and do it, and uh, go on the internet, and you can get all sorts of help. Don't you agree?
2: You're right, and I'm I'm very lucky. I I had connections, and I talked to people to get the help. And I'm lucky. Uh-huh. Women like my book because they can relate to the stories. Sure. Men like my book because I'm so auditory because I'm not visual. They feel uh-huh. like they can read a woman's mind. Uh-huh. <laughs> And it's ended up being a gift book for so many people with disabilities to kind of lift them up. And and I'm glad you mentioned the chapters of my book because it's really important to me that my life is not only my medicals.
1: Right, right. And this is what I love about your book. Uh, It's so eclectic. And some of these titles... on teaching, you have uh, teaching middle school, teaching high school, kindergarten. They don't know about <laughs> crayons. And what are, what are David days?
2: So that was about a boy when I taught middle school who was um, very, very ADHD. And when he didn't take his medicine, we had to no kidding. We had to walk down a hall and sit in a locked closet with him with a little window and a light mm-hmm. until his medicine took effect because he might hurt himself or hurt somebody else.
1: Wow. And wow.
2: Um, I get a lot of feedback on that one. And it's as much a story of how hard it can be when you have so many things to do to sit in a closet and how could a boy forget his medicine every day
1: yeah.
2: as much as that, you know, so many people are anti-medicine. I, yeah. Sometimes it's really important to be on medicine. It really matters. I'm all for the natural way, but sometimes you really need it. So mm-hmm. um, that, that boy was a challenge and, you know, it's part of what you do every day. <laughs> and
1: what are you, just briefly, what is your free solution for raising test scores for any of our parents out there listening?
2: You know, um, what I believe is that it's important that um, they start testing closer to the end of the year. Most people uh-huh. don't realize they test kids for their yearly progress at the 75% mark of the year. So at the uh-huh. third quarter, they test even for work the kids haven't learned yet. Uh-huh. So um, special education students are made to take a test even if they can't read. Well, of course they're going to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, students who don't speak English have to take that test even if they don't speak English. So people don't realize when they look at a school and look and they evaluate a teacher, well, how many special ed students did they have who we already know can't read on grade level? Or how many students cannot speak English? Well, this is, uh,
1: this is fantastic uh, advice, common sense solutions from someone who is right out there on the front lines teaching special ed. You know, Holly, um, before we end the show, could you tell us what success means to you today as we're speaking?
2: Yes. Thank you for asking. Success means that you're going to wake up every day and do your best. It may not be what someone else thinks is the best,
0: Mm -hmm. but it's going
2: to be that you learn to feel good for what you can do. You're not going to beat yourself up for what you can't do, but you're going to learn to say, huh, look what I can do. I can do a lot. Success is having the tools to keep yourself on track and, and acknowledging sometimes you're high, sometimes you're low, sometimes you're feeling good, sometimes not. But success means that you know that you have the tools to keep yourself as good as you can be.
1: That's such great advice. Uh, Find your strengths and make them stronger. Build on your weaknesses. These are things that uh, everyone out there can do. Holly, before we go, do you have any regrets or things you wish you could do
2: over? No, I don't have regrets. I I really honestly don't live my life that way. Uh I'm sort of lucky. I do something if I want to. Um, I would... Travel is my number one favorite thing, so I always fit as much travel into my life as I can. That would be the closest to a regret, but I do a pretty good job getting a lot of travel.
1: Oh, good for you. And, you know, as difficult as amnesia is, and uh, you've experienced it uh, in many ways, uh, it does force you to live in the present, doesn't it?
2: It really does, yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it, you know, when you've had medicals, you know you could have more or they could get better. You, have, you learn to just seize every day and say, I'm going to enjoy today. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm pain-free. I'm feeling good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, January, thank you for sharing your amnesia story because that's really big. That's well, you- big and scary and to be out of control and not know. I want well, you to know, I know one person who had your kind of amnesia, and really? the same exact thing, yes, um, a woman probably in her early 70s, uh-huh. and, um, you know, she woke up and her children said, oh, my gosh, I got her to the hospital, it was a yeah. horrific day, uh-huh. she went to sleep, woke up the next morning, and everything was back.
1: I know. That that was what was so amazing. I'm so thankful. Um, however, it really does make me empathetic for people who have to deal with it all the time. I, I was lucky to recover so quickly i've never talked about it on the air before and uh, thank you for prompting me to do that i want to thank you so much for coming to visit with us holly winter and i will have you back because i'm just so excited about talking about all the chapters in your book to my wonderful listeners today we hope you've enjoyed this show hasn't it been interesting my upcoming guests are, for the show are all exciting, eclectic like Holly, and energizing. They will amuse, amaze, and astonish you. This is the show where you hear inspiring information that will help you to become successful, too. I'd love to welcome you to our wonderful, no-whining world. We love sharing our stories our struggles, and our secrets for success. It's our hope we can encourage all of you to emulate our guests today and every day. Remember my mantra... If you think it, then you can do it. So for now, dear friends, please stop with the whining and then start smiling and then start sharing our show with everyone you know. And if that doesn't work, then start eating chocolate, lots and lots of chocolate. Again, thank you to my wonderful guest, Holly Winter. This is January Jones thanking you for joining me today on my journey and reminding you to take care and stay safe.
0: we want to thank you for listening to January Jones sharing success stories. always remember miss Jones personal mantra if you can think it you can do it that's what all of our guests have done with their lives and so can you you are the ultimate success coach in your own life all you need to do will be to start sharing your own story with your family and friends we hope that our guest stories will encourage you to explore an equation in your future that will combine your creativity Plus, connecting with others will enable you to be successful too. Always remember, your passion plus your purpose will equal prosperity as you explore the wonderful world of January Jones.
3: <clears> Thank <throat> you. do no,
0: you
3: know what it can do? Give me all the money you have <laughs> in Washington. Maybe <laughs> Party, and I really am a believer that we should have an expansive and diverse party, ideologically diverse in many ways, but uh, the progress is a very conservative process, and uh, the, my understanding is it would be more difficult for a monarch to make it clear, because we truly are fiscal – Tiger shot at 79 yesterday. <laughs> we are to spend something on such as Sandy, which is, I think, something the country was re- we're going to take responsibility in. We think we should pay for it. You know, I offered an amendment on Sandy to take the money from foreign aid and say, look, we don't need it. If we're going to repair bridges in New Jersey, I'm fine with that. And if we're going to repair houses and roads, Kim Mickelson we don't was true. roads on Friday. in Pakistan, um, because there's a limited amount of money. And actually, really, we're borrowing about a million dollars a minute, a lot of it from China and Japan. I don't think we should do that. And we need to set priorities and say, if we're going to help New Jersey, it ought to be paid for. But I, that's why I think that there was a debate for him sort of lecturing Congress and saying, give me, give me, give me all this money. And all I was asking for and many other Republicans were asking for is that it ought to be paid for through spending cuts in overseas spending. Final political question for you. Whoever the Republican nominee is. What is she doing? Joey, so what are you doing? during the White House, even in the first time, I would say his behavior was predatory effective to women. Are these issues something that you really say will be fair game and an appropriate party campaign agent? Well, you know, I mean, the Democrats, one of the big issues is they're concocted the sense Republicans are committing a war on women. One of those workplace laws that I think are good is that uh, Bosses shouldn't prey on like young interns in their office. And I think really the media seems to be, have given President Clinton a pass on this, he took advantage of a girl that was 20 years old and an intern at in his uh, it office. It's no put out a fire, but
1: at the cost of $20 an hour. I think our fire days are over.
3: I'm going to sit and put a blanket on me. I mean, really, and then they have the gall to stand up and say Republicans are having a war on women. So yes, I think it's a factor not, not. Hillary's fault, and is I mean, it, 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 it should be a factor in judging. I How I don't care No Clinton. No Clinton. If she were a candidate in 2016. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm, not, I'm not. saying that. This is with regard to <clears> Clinton, and sometimes it's hard to separate one from the other. But I would say that with regard to his place in history. But it certainly is a discussion, and I think in my state, you know, people tend to sort of uh, frown upon that. We wouldn't be, you know, if there was someone in my community who did that, well, they would be socially, uh, uh, we would disassociate from somebody who would take advantage of a young woman in the, in the workplace. All right, Senator Randall, a lot of ground covered, a lot of ground to cover, and I um, hope to have you back, Senator. Thank you, as always. Thank you. I want to turn now to the Assistant Majority Leader in the Senate, Democrat from Illinois, Dick Durbin. Senator Durbin, welcome back. I certainly want to talk about the State of the Union, but I, I don't want to let that go. Uh, as a Democrat, somebody who was behind uh, President Obama when he ran, if Hillary Clinton is a Democratic nominee, are these issues about the former president relevant to her? Is it an appropriate area of scrutiny, you think, in, in a 2016 campaign? Listen, uh, David, Hillary Clinton has established her own reputation, her own name, and uh, her own basis for running for president. Tell about the door? The that were arranged by no, no. Senator Paul have been litigated in the public square for over a decade. For goodness sakes, let's judge Hillary Clinton based on her talents and so her vision of America should she choose the right for president. Hard to separate one from the other, he did said. Well, I think it, you've got to be honest about it, though. I mean, there are people uh, who believe that though he may have done the wrong thing, he paid a heavy price for it. In terms of the impeachment trial and beyond. And, you know, there was an organization created called MoveOn.org, and the reason was the American people said, We get it, it was wrong, now let's move on. Let's talk about the future. What are we going to do about the future of America? And if the Republicans, like my friend, and he is my friend, Senator Paul, want to dwell on these chapters in the past, I don't think it's going to have much. That was good, honey.